At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. We welcome you in. It is another edition of Prime Time Action. Live from Las Vegas, our South Point Sportsbook Studio I'm Ben Wilson. Look who's with us on the desk tonight. It's Adam Burke. What's up, man? You're back. I upgraded. I went from going to being a guest to, to being <laughs> the, the, in the analyst chair. We, we were revising re, re, our rundown. We're like, wait, Adam Burke, guest. Why don't we just have him do the whole show? So Adam is with us today uh, and tomorrow on the show. Wyatt, Tom, check back behind the glass. Wyatt, are you ready to fire on more more uh, bets tonight? You had three last night. Uh, I trimmed it down one. I got uh, it two. I, my, I, uh, first off, I got to apologize to Adam, who was on BA yesterday, and he gave out the uh, Marlins Reds first five under. So like, you know what? Adam's a smart guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow him. Mm. I gave you the kiss of death. I'm, my apologies. You know, the, you know the full game stayed under. Yeah, I know that's that's the worst. After part. four runs in the first inning, yeah. the full game stayed under. It's all Wyatt's fault. We're yeah, it was. Blame a, there we go. Wyatt. Blame Wyatt. For that, uh, we have a number of games tonight, six on the MLB night slate, some breaking news in the National Football League, which we'll get to in just a second. First, though, Adam, for, for the folks who are interested maybe in getting in a wager for the four games that start here in the 7 o'clock Eastern hour, let's run through uh, those lines because we've got a few that start in the next uh, five minutes or so. Yeah, a couple games done so far. The Marlins 7-6 win over the Reds early this afternoon, and then uh, Baltimore 3-0 over the Rays behind Jordan Lyles, who's got some great home road spl- or great home splits on the season here. But you've yeah, got a few games getting underway shortly. The uh, Battle of the Keystone State in Pittsburgh, the Phillies and the Pirates. Uh, Phillies about a $2 favorite in that one, total of 7.5 in that matchup. Zach Wheeler and Zach Thompson, one with a K, one with an H in that game there. Uh, the Royals and the Yankees. 
Interestingly enough, the Yankees leading off Andrew Benintendi tonight, who they just got from the Royals yesterday. Uh, the Yankees laying a big old number here, minus 240, kind of the consensus number out there in the market. Total of eight and a half with some overjuice in that one at Yankee Stadium. Another big line here featuring an AL East team, that's the Toronto Blue Jays with Yusei Kikuchi coming off of the injured list. He'll take on the Detroit Tigers. Uh, only only Andrew Chafin missing for the Tigers as an unvaccinated player. Uh, he's a reliever who's probably going to get traded uh, by the August 2nd deadline. But the Blue Jays here laying minus 245, total of 10 in that one. And then uh, Cleveland and Boston, one of the closer lines of the night where you've got the Guardians laying about $1.25, and we've seen some money on Cleveland in the lead-up to this game. Total of nine as Tristan McKenzie takes on the appropriately named for a pitcher, Cutter Crawford. Cutter Crawford. Unlike Cutter the, with a K. Cutter with a K. Even Unlike better. the Milwaukee Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook, which is like the last possible <laughs> name you would want to be affiliated with pitching in Major League Baseball. Actually up to DraftKings, some very late money coming in on Tristan McKenzie and the Guardians at minus 130, a plus 110 now. On the, uh, on the Boston Red Sox there with their 20-cent line at uh, DraftKings. Watching the game last night, you are a, for those who don't know, Adam Burke, who writes a daily column for us at vsun.com on Major League Baseball. You were also a long-suffering Guardians fan. What did you make of watching that game last night where Franchi Cordero did not really understand the space-time continuum of fielding baseballs and pitching them to guys who were at least occupying territory is the best way I can describe his defensive strategy for last night. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting two or three weeks for the Red Sox defensively. They've, they've had a lot of issues. I mean, they gave up what <laughs> yeah. uh, they gave up a bunch of runs right before the All Star break. They come out of the All Star break, give up twenty eight runs, including the inside the park grand slam. We'll call it. Uh, yeah, they're not playing very good defensively. They're missing Rafael Devers. J.D. Martinez just doesn't look the same. He's had a back issue. A lot of things going on here with Boston. And quite frankly, I mean. You know, the Guardians don't really have seven-run outbursts all that often, but they've gotten a little bit of help here in this series for sure. McKenzie and the Guardians up to minus 130. So those are our four about start. We have two more in the 8 o'clock Eastern hour, two more in the 9 o'clock Eastern hour. Adam, you do have a play on one of our very late games tonight. We can maybe get a, we can get a quick tease of that, and then we'll get the deeper dive later. But you're going uh, to take a deep old gulp and swallow, uh, swallow a Cubbies bet there tonight? Yeah, I guess so. There wasn't a whole lot on the card that I really liked for tonight. This is a game that I do think is pretty interesting here with the Cubs. You get them now at better than plus 120. That's what I put it at in the article. I know you said here in town you could find it as high as plus 129, but Justin Steele on the bump for the Cubs. They've won six in a row. The Giants have lost seven in a row, and, and the Giants just – they're a mess right now. Their bullpen looks awful. Their team defense isn't very good. And the bullpen probably has to carry a big part of the load tonight. Alex Wood is a guy, his third time through the order splits are very, very ugly. Gabe Kapler has been very proactive in pulling him in the middle innings. That'll put a Giants bullpen out there that I believe is 29th, 28th or 29th in reliever ERA over the last 30 days. The Cubs have gotten their bullpen issues figured out. It's a team that's trying to enjoy the last few days of playing together because they're going to have a lot of pieces and parts sold off at the deadline. So went ahead and took the Cubbies here tonight at a nice plus money price. All right, taking a stab. Why are you tailing uh, Adam again tonight, or are you going to avoid giving him the kiss of death here? Uh, I gave him the kiss of death. I'm going seriously. Yeah, I went. Well, I bet I put the bet in before I got upstairs. So okay. before you I asked, the, you hey, bet the same we'll, thing we'll there. Yeah. Cubs. So we got, but I got a plus one twenty-two. So maybe the odd difference there might uh, hold. Might negate. And oh, you're going back. And so, the, uh, so what you're saying here is that Wyatt's giving us his two cents on this game. Ah, 
Ah. Oh, point for Adam. Smith, Adam, that's, bravo, that's sir. Why I'm, that's bravo. why I'm in for Jeff Parles. That's why, that's why Adam is on. That's why he got the call up uh, tonight. And then you are being the brave soul to go no run first inning in Seattle and Houston. You're, you're going back to the well there, Wyatt, on an NRFI. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it worked. Well, last night in that Mets game, the only thing that worked well for me in that Mets-Yankees game, uh, like the pitching matchup, Gilbert, 10-4 uh, and four with a 2.77 ERA, and your Keedy, 9-4 with a 3.93. I, I, minus 110, I thought it was a good price to get for me. All right, there we go. Look at why. Back on the horse. Nothing for me right now. We'll see what develops. Not the, yes, not the most robust slate ever, but we'll see if we get some in-game opportunities there. Uh, tonight, we have we, four uh, WNBA games. Yeah. Dive in on those. Yeah. Yeah. Could dive in. <laughs> CFL tonight yeah, as well. Yeah, I could. We are going to have a UFC discussion a little bit later. Jordan Sherwood, who is always a great guest whenever he comes on here on Primetime Action, host of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. That is the actual name of the podcast, the Unnamed MMA Podcast. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock Eastern Handicap, a pretty big UFC card coming up this weekend. So we'll be joined by Jordan in a little under an hour. Also have a lot of NFL training camp news and notes to get to, Adam. The big breaking news, though, this just came out as we were about to come on the air where we were kind of wondering some of the circumstances surrounding one DK Metcalf in Seattle, and we now know where he is going to go. It's Seattle. He is staying with the Seattle Seahawks. According to Adam Schefter, this just came out within the last 10 minutes, three-year, $72 million extension that includes over $58 million guaranteed. This also includes a $30 million signing bonus, which is the highest ever for a wide receiver for what that is worth. Uh, and so uh, Metcalf signs the three-year deal. He'll be a free agent once again uh, once he gets to his age 27-year-old season. So at least for Seattle, like I don't know what you're going to get out of the quarterback spot, but at least they keep their top wide receiver target intact this year. Yeah, I mean, look, it makes sense for Metcalf. You know, I'd ask for a lot of money if I had Geno Smith and Drew Locke thrown to me that's as well. So, you know, but th- but that's the thing. I mean, this is what Seattle had to do was was to keep this wide receiver room happy because you've got Metcalf, you've got Tyler Lockett, you've got some guys that are some pretty interesting upside players. As you said, as long as the quarterback can get him the football. That is a big, big if <laughs> this year in Seattle. Uh, you just wonder, too, we had the discussion the other night on the, uh, the odds for the fewest wins. It's like at the same, you, have, you still have Pete Carroll as a head coach who's never been in really this position of a rebuild before. What do you think of Seattle as a whole? I get the quarterback situation is not exactly ideal there. No, it's certainly not. But I mean, this is a pretty challenging schedule too. You know, they're playing in one of the most difficult divisions out there in the NFC West. And, it is. And the reality is, and look, I mean, they've got you know a Week 17 game against the Jets. They've got Carolina in the back half of the schedule. Uh, you know, we'll see what the Vegas Raiders look like because they've got them right after the bye. But the reality is, I mean, if you're Seattle, you kind of hope you go three and fourteen or something like that, and have a chance at either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, so that you can get your quarterback of the future. And look, if you look at Pro Football Focus, they did their positional uh, rankings for every single category for team. Seahawks, wide receiver room, grades out 13th out of the 32 teams. And that feels like a pretty fair assessment. They added Noah Fant this year at tight end, and now they will remain with DK Metcalf at the top, joined by Tyler Lockett. So that was the big news that just came out here in the last 10 minutes. The other news of the day, Adam, and this, uh, you know, sometimes we underrate the value of offensive line play. And I know, you know, at least on this network, we talk a lot about how much uh, those specific pieces, especially on the elite O-lines, are really, really important. Big news of the day, though, coming out of Tampa Bay, where uh, we saw this was uh, early in the morning. Ryan Jensen, their center, goes down with an apparent knee injury. Todd Bowles, the head coach, comes out after practice, says they don't know the severity. But uh, from looking at some of the videos and the initial reaction, it did not look very good for really the cornerstone of one of the best offensive lines in football. 
No, it didn't look very good at all. And in fact, if you go on, you can, you can find the clip on Twitter of, of what happened with the Jensen injury. And then, you know, kind of looking at the body language of everybody else on the team after that happened, Tom Brady did not look thrilled and certainly no. he's not going to, but he had his head down, hands on his knees. You know, you couldn't really see his facial expression, but you could absolutely tell kind of what was going through his mind because now they lose Ryan Jensen for what seems like a long period of time. Ali Marpet retired. Alex Kappa, who was their other guard, is now with the Cincinnati Bengals, who, of course, you know, dramatically needed to upgrade their offensive line. This is a Buccaneers team that was number one in pass block efficiency last year, and now three of those guys are gone. And, you know, we were kind of talking about this before the show, and it was something that, you know, was brought up. I'm not sure if Isaiah brought it up or if Wyatt brought it up, but Tom Brady hates pressure up the middle, and now he's missing mm -hmm. both of his guards and presumably his center. So, you know, this is still a Buccaneers team that should win the division, will still be favored to win the division, but now you worry about their ability to protect, to protect Tom Brady a little bit. At the very least, I mean, the, the decision to bring in Shaq Mason at right guard, that's got to help. One of the better consistent guards in the game and reunites with, uh, with Brady. They have a history there together, but like, you're, you're exactly right, and you have a, an O-line that came in projected to be a top-five group. What is that now? We already discussed yesterday on the show uh, when, when Jeff Parles was here, Adam, our, our worry around David Bakhtiari, his situation, which is a little bit different. It's been a much more prolonged extended injury opening camp on the PUP list. But without Bakhtiari healthy, it's like even, even with these elite Hall of Fame level quarterbacks, you still worry in general, no matter what the wide receiver position is for them and what they have on offer. Like with Bakhtiari out for a long term, we have no idea what this will mean for Jensen, but that's uh, got to be concerning. It is. And, and look, that being said, I mean, you're going to be able to find guys that get cut guys that are available via trade something yeah. like that so maybe they find a way to upgrade before the season actually gets going we will we will see the other big news of the day comes out of major league baseball trade deadline it's ramping up we had our first really big move come out today we'll get adam's thoughts on that andrew benintendi from the royals to the yankees and see how that has changed if any our thoughts in the futures market we're just getting started three hours of prime time action on vsim the sports betting network at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's Football Betting Guide is to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VEASAN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming Pro Football Betting Guide. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe with Adam Burke, who wrote how many of the 131 capsules? 49. 49. 49. What was the over/under on on the uh, the projection coming in? It was like 42 and a half, and you went over. Yeah, we'll say that. Okay. I, got, I mean, I got four conferences. Four con. Oh, okay, four conferences. So look at you re- representing a little over a third of our of our write up there. So certainly check that out. We're going to have more college football discussion a little bit later in the show. I know your preparations with regards to when you write half or a third of the college football guide. Preparations have begun in earnest for one Adam Burke. So we will start talking some college football a little bit later in the show. One update right now. It is not going well for one Zach Thompson in Pittsburgh. Derek Hall, two-run triple, and then right after him, Nick Castellanos drives in a run. So 3 nothing Phillies, team who has a top-five run differential and a top-six record since they fired Joe Girardi. Still a half game out of that final wildcard spot. They're at him for St. Louis, and it's been kind of an adventure even in the wake of the, the hot streak following Joe Girardi's firing, but uh, at least you – it's always nice when you get a series against Pittsburgh, especially with the way the Pirates are, uh, are playing right now, even though they, you know, they haven't been totally laying down for teams, but this has to be a nice elixir coming off of that Atlanta series, you would, you would think, for them. Yeah, you know, and my handicapping style in terms of looking at things from an agre- from a regression analysis standpoint, really diving deep into the numbers as we do on the run line on mm-hmm. Sunday nights. Um, you know, Zach Thompson is a guy that was getting very, very lucky for a long period of time for the Pirates, where he actually gave up in his first four starts, gave up 21 runs. And then over his next several starts, he only gave up four runs once, gave up two or fewer runs and a string of about 11 or 12 starts here, then gave up seven last time out. Now he's getting knocked around here in this game. So a really quick correction for him in terms of his numbers. And uh, that's the only action in terms of run scoring that we have so yeah. far here. Tonight. Uh, so look for the Phillies who start off the post all-star break stretch with a embarrassing sweep at home at the hands of the Cubs, take two or three from the Braves. And now they're, they're up early three, nothing there. Three is uh, probably enough for Zach. Wheeler. Uh, you would probably think so. Uh, with them already minus eight seventy five on the live uh, money line. We want to get some, uh, some future thoughts here, Adam, because as we come in now to the, the near 
portion, final few days before the trade deadline, which is a week, uh, is, is I should say a week from this past Tuesday. So we're down inside five days now from the trade deadline. First really big piece, a couple of small outside pieces were moved over the last couple of days. But today, actually late last night, Yankees trade for Andrew Benintendi from Kansas City, who's about to make his debut leading off in the bottom half of the first. Guy who's, who had a career season from a WRC plus standpoint at 126 for KC. Uh, career high 320 average uh, second uh, like even though his slugging had tailed off a little bit at only 398 but a guy who's been really really consistent we've talked so much about what the Yankees have been trotting out there every single day in the outfield in a guy in Joey Gallo who now has fewer hits on the year than Aaron Judge has home runs uh, you would imagine that Ben Intendi will take that role primarily as the final outfielder there for the Yankees and their general system here. How much of the, of the needle do you feel like this moves things now for a New York team that really has scuffled, if we're being honest, here in the month of July? Yeah, they definitely have. I mean, Ben Intendi's a guy, you know, high on base percentage. He can bat at the top of the order, be somebody to get on base for Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, which is really important because DJ LeMay, who's been pretty inconsistent at the top of this lineup throughout the course of the season, and the cost was very nominal for the Yankees to get him. They gave up three A-ball pitchers, two that probably have a relief pitcher projection, and then one who may be kind of a middle of the rotation, back of the rotation type of guy based on what the scouts are saying. Now, obviously, they're only an A-ball, so there's a lot of you know growth left to be done, but also a couple of guys that were fairly old for pitching an A-ball. So it's also an interesting deal for the rest of the league because it sort of now sets the market for a player like, say, Josh Bell. You know, another rental hitter who's going to be very much available here for the Nationals. In fact, I'm surprised that he hasn't already been traded. But this is a move that certainly helps the Yankees. Anything you can do to play Joey Gallo less is probably going to be beneficial for them. Ben Attendee's a decent outfielder. The big question was that he's not vaccinated, and they still have a series left against the Blue Jays and conceivably could play the Blue Jays come playoff time yeah. because they will be one of the teams to get the two buys. And then, of course, you've got the wild card three-game series where maybe they end up playing Toronto. So we'll see if that happens and comes to fruition. But mm -hmm. Ben Intendi is definitely an upgrade. But like I said, to me, I think it's really interesting how this sets the rest of the trade market for any rental hitters that are out there. Yeah, and like you look at those pitchers, too. Again, a lot of it, it's hard to know because they're just young prospects. Uh, I covered one of them. TJ Sykema was a pitcher for uh, Mizzou. Covered him in, uh, when I was working for covering the SEC. Uh, you know, look, solid guy. Not like he was really ever a pro you know, projected out as a, a real big league starter, though. He always kind of seemed like more of a you know, double-A, triple-A max kind of guy, at least coming out. And he pitched all a full career there in college baseball. Um, so that will remain to be seen how that impacts things for the Yankees here. As far as what that does now, though, for the futures market, we've got our, if we just take a step back, look at the updated odds right now, where the Dodgers favored at plus 350, Yankees number two at plus 380. So from 350 to 380 to five to one, the Astros Mets, Braves, the uh, the rest of the five that are in single digits. Uh, Jeff and myself, we did our, our exercise of power rating our five favorite World Series bets right now. And the numbers haven't really moved too much since we did that exercise on Tuesday show. Adam, how would you set your five power ratings right now if we were to uh, make you do that at this particular moment? Well, look, I think one thing that we need to mention real quick off the top before I kind of rattle off some of these is the White Sox are 30 to one. The Twins are 50 to one. And the Twins have basically led that division almost all year, except for no, a little no bit of the time respect that for the Twins. There. Still. there is no respect for the Twins, understandably so. I mean, they haven't won a playoff series since, what, 2001, 2002? It's been a very long time that they've actually won a playoff series. And they will be one of the teams that has to play that best of three because the Yankees and the Astros will be the two teams to get the buy out of the American League. So I just want to mention that real quick because I think that's pretty interesting. 
Your Milwaukee Brewers would probably be at the top of my list at 20 to one top of your list, top of my list, because, because that's a team that I think is going to win that division. And you've got Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and presumably I think Freddie Peralta will be back by then. And I know there are some worries about Josh Hader right now, but Hader and Williams, one of the best one, two punches at the back end of the bullpen, their offense seems to be coming around. And I think that they'll get somebody here at the deadline to help them in that lineup. So I think the Brewers, because they're a team that I expect to make the playoffs, you know, I think at 20 to one, there's some equity in that and taking them when they've got their pitching to shorten a series. So I think there's some good value with them. The Blue Jays at 12 to one or another one I'd be interested in. I don't know if they get Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo, but I think they're damn sure going to try. And they're also going to improve that bullpen a little bit as well. And this is a good lineup. That's really just struggle with men in scoring positions. So the Brewers and the Blue Jays are two teams for me. And then looking at some other ones here, I think are, are maybe worth a, a little bit of a look. I think the Mets over the Braves right now, just because the Mets are likely to get Jacob DeGrom back, and then you're going to have DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Carrasco, Peterson, maybe Tyler McGill, who knows. Maybe you'll have some of those guys back, right. uh, you know, a little bit healthier here come playoff time. And then, I mean, can, can you really go wrong taking one of the Dodgers or Yankees or the Astros, where the Astros are another team very aggressive at the trade deadline. They basically rebuilt their entire bullpen at the trade deadline last year. If they isolate a need, they'll fill it because they're very confident in their drafting and developing skills. They can move prospects around. So I do think that, you know, the favorites are are certainly worth consideration, but I think from a value grab standpoint, teams like the Brewers and the Blue Jays, because I think Toronto will separate themselves from the Rays and the Red Sox as we go forward. That's that's a really good distinction you make because that's part of this exercise, right? Five days till the trade deadline, looking at based on history, the types of GMs running these teams, which teams are, and based on what we're hearing in the rumor mill so far, which teams are likely and do we feel pretty confident in actually making moves? David Stearns, the Brewers GM, basically every single year the Brewers have been in contention. They have been really, really aggressive at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. They already made a small move for Jake McGee, former Giants closer, who they bring him in to try to bolster some of those bullpen arms. You're almost certainly going to see some type of move, I would think, for another bat out of David Stearns. And he's also never been afraid to it's like to look at stacking positions either. I mean, it's not totally treating it like a, you know, like a fantasy manager, but he, he has really been, uh, he has really been bullish on the side of, all right, let's just, let's just get bats and guys who we really trust. We'll figure out the defensive positioning. We'll figure out the playing time and the platoon and the splits later. Uh, and that's really worked for, uh, for Milwaukee in the past. Or even when they've brought in uh, guys like a Willie Adamas, say, who maybe didn't have a, a quote unquote spot to play. Well, they found room for him and now he's still not uh, still in Milwaukee. So for, what it's worth, I don't know how much you would agree with this. You certainly had the Astros on your list, both Jeff and, and I. Houston at five to one, that was our number one. Uh, both of us had them number one in our, our top five, at least from a power rating standpoint. The one, the one bomb, actually, I had two other bombs on there. Padres at 22 to one, who were seeing more rumors on them getting Juan Soto. That wasn't necessarily my reasoning. It was just, I can't really quit this team based on the, the manager and the overall talent they have on the roster. And also the Mariners, I threw it 50 to one, just thinking, look, that's if you're talking about equity for postseason, that's a team I certainly give a live shot to, to make it into the field. And you're, you're playing with some house money at 50 to one. You, you should be able to, I think also they could give, say, a Yankees or an Astros, depending on who gets the one seed. I think they could at least give them a series there. 
Like, probably you wouldn't expect them to win, but those are two of my longer shots I, I had on, on my card. Yeah, I think the one thing about the Mariners is their bullpen is very, very strong, and, and you have to have a good bullpen to win in October. I have significant concerns about the Mariners' rotation. I'd like to see them get a starter upgrade, or at least somebody that I can trust a little bit more, particularly when they go on the road and they're not in that great pitching environment. But, you know, again, a lot of moving parts here coming up before there Tuesday. Are. We are going to do prop watch in about 20 minutes for that big Mariners-Astros series rematch. We just saw the Astros sweep the Mariners last week in there in the Pacific Northwest. But up next, we resume our quarterback total props. We'll go into the AFC East QBs next here on Primetime Action. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season and our weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Another night, another interesting display of defense and base running in Cleveland and uh, Boston there, Adam. Uh, if, for those of you who subscribe to VEASAN++, which is our very fake imaginary subscription service where we play all of our commentary during the breaks, <laughs> you would have got your money's worth in the last 90 seconds alone as Adam Burke uh, lost his, his mind on Filling a, up the swear jar. On a, yeah. So uh, first we had a pretty hilarious misplay by Alex Verdugo on a, not like a routine fly ball to left, but a ball he should have caught, resulted a double. And then for some reason, reasons that are unknown, Andres Jimenez tries a, a drag bunt that went very wrong, and now Cleveland's probably not going to get anything out of this inning, barring a two-out base hit, which they now uh, will night. So it's really uh, con conflicting gifts that are trying to give to each other here, Adam. Yeah, Andres Jimenez, in terms of qualified hitters, and there are 157 of them that have enough plate appearances to qualify for the batting title, he is 24th in weighted on base average. So he's basically a top 25 hitter this year, and he's attempting sacrifice bunts in the second inning. <laughs> Of a game at Fenway. Of a game at of Fenway. Of a game. With a total of 10, I guess. <laughs> hey, you got to make, uh, you gotta make course, the sacrifices for the team. Excuse me, nine. Oh, look, they didn't score. And they didn't, uh, they didn't score. When you play for Shocking. one run, you either get one run or zero runs. That's Is that how that works? That's how it works. You and I would love to sit Adam Burke and Ned Yost down over a, over a nice fine Pilsner and hash out their differences. I still Ned, can't, I still for can't October, believe that team won a World Series. I can't either. As somebody who rooted for a team managed by Ned Yost for nearly a decade, I, I still can't believe that either with those uh, mid-2010s Royals. Uh, we will get back to the baseball in a little bit. We'll do Prop Watch. That segment returns here on Primetime Action. We'll do Prop Watch for Mariners and Astros, our game coming up at the 8 o'clock Eastern hour. But right now, Adam, something we've been doing pretty much all week. We've looked at a couple different divisions per day at quarterback props and totals from yards to touchdowns to interceptions this season. Tonight, we go to the AFC East, looking at the East divisions here in the National Football League. Josh Allen, he is the uh, odds-on favorite to lead the league in a lot of different categories since he is the odds-on favorite to win MVP this year. Uh, favorite in the, uh, in well, one of the favorites in the passing yards category. He leads the AFC East here in this mark, 4,400 and a half. Josh Allen's passing yardage prop coming out for 2022, 35 and a half touchdowns, 11 and a half picks. He threw for 4,407 last year, so they've pretty much put the exact same number back out there. Threw for 36 touchdowns last year. And 15 picks. So much buzz around Buffalo. If, if you uh, hit up any number of bookmakers around Nevada, or I'm sure Johnny Avello at DraftKings, anybody, rest of country, a whole lot of money coming in on Buffalo this year. A lot of hype around Allen and the Bills. 
Uh, how do you feel like these numbers will end up stacking up since really numbers seem pretty fair, right? I mean, these are being set, at least from DraftKings, about where you would project Allen to be at. And it becomes a pretty simple handicap here. Do you, do you think Allen has a good year, or are there some things you might worry about with him regressing a little bit in 2022? Well, I think it's a really interesting discussion because there are two ways you can look at this. And I'll preface it by saying that the Bills played the easiest schedule in the NFL last year. Still went 11-6, and six, still wound up having problems, still lost to Jacksonville inexplicably. They had some performances that were just kind of out of whack. They played a very easy schedule, right? So in theory, they were probably running the ball more because they had uh, you know a fair number of leads. This year, they play a league average schedule. So that makes you wonder, will Josh Allen's numbers go down a little bit? Or is there the chance that his numbers will go up because they're playing a better slate of opponents and they'll be forced to throw the football a little bit more? I think there's a scenario here in which Allen goes over that 4,400 and a half passing yards prop, but goes under 35 and a half touchdowns just simply by virtue of playing a little bit more difficult of a schedule. Interesting. And you would wonder, too, again, it's going to be a new setup, at least from the play calling perspective, where Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, leaves for New York. That's really something we haven't even talked about this offseason, right? Because the talent of Allen, the ability to run the football, the general high-powered nature of that offense, should we even, I mean, should we be considering the impact of what a new potential, not a, not necessarily a scheme, but just a new play caller and a different relationship could potentially have at least for Allen? Well, that's another intriguing thing about the Bills from last season where, again, they played a very weak schedule, right? So early in the year, they didn't have to use Allen as a runner. They just made sure they could maintain his body, try to maintain as much health as possible, just knowing that they were heavily favored to to win that AFC East division and go to the playoffs, where the ultimate goal wasn't making the playoffs, it was winning the Super Bowl. This season, where the division's a little bit better around them, you wonder, do they have to deploy Allen's running skills a little bit more early on in the year? Will that be part of the new playbook? Mm -hmm. That's another thing that we have to kind of wait and see and sort of figure out. So I think it's kind of hard to you know really take a – a strong position on these types of props just because things may be a little bit different, as you mentioned, with a new offensive coordinator. But like I said, I think just by virtue of the schedule being more challenging, they may have to throw the football a little bit more if they have to play catch-up in more games. And for what it's worth, Ken Dorsey, he's been there since since the start, really, for Josh Allen. He's been their quarterback's coach. He's been their pass game coordinator. So he gets a promotion. It's not like just some random guy coming in with no past history there uh, to the organization. But I'm with you. Th those numbers, to me, they seem fair. Uh, nothing that really interests me on that one. Uh, the one really interesting guy in this division, Tua Tagovailoa, who, if you look at the numbers last year, starts 12 games, threw for 2,653 yards, which if you uh, – Divide that, extrapolate it out to a 17-game sample size, would get you 3,758 yards. His, his prop this year, a little bit higher than that, 3,900, 50 and a half, 25 and a half passing touchdowns, 12 and a half picks. He threw 16 touchdowns, threw 10 picks in his 12 starts a season ago. Very polarizing quarterback, or so I've heard uh, there, Adam. Where, where, first off, where do you stand on Tua in general heading into this year? And does the Tyreek Hill addition, uh, would that make you confident in a little boost here in his passing yards, as well as the addition of a, a new coach there in Mike McDaniel, viewed as a very quarterback, first offensive, first type thinker? Well, the, the prop I would like the most here about Tua would be over 12 and a half interceptions, just because I, I, I feel like he, there are going to be scenarios where he forces the ball, and he has a ton of of talent around him. And furthermore, the Dolphins really improved their offensive line over the offseason. They signed Connor Williams. They signed Teron Armstead. They were a horrific offensive line last year. That should help Tua, but there's still going to be throws where he's inaccurate. There's still going to be situations where they're playing catch-up and you know he just winds up forcing a ball to Waddle or Hill or somebody else. I think over 13 or over 12 and a half interceptions is where I would look to go. 
But it also wouldn't shock me if he goes over the other two numbers too, because as you said, this should be kind of a pass happy offense. He'll have more time to throw and they've got some guys, you know, Raheem Mostert is a guy that can catch out of the backfield. That's something that he's done before. Uh, You know, I just feel like when I look at this team, they have a lot of reasons to drop back and throw the football. So Tua should be able to have a lot of pass attempts and just by volume, maybe get over all three of those numbers. Yeah. And look, if you, again, extrapolate the numbers from last year, if you look at the overall attempts per 17 game season, he would grade out to about 14 picks just based on last year alone. And again, if you, yeah, if you have more time to throw and you at least are in a position where you are throwing the ball more, could that number uh, be there or rise a little bit? That's certainly, uh, it's certainly fair to say uh, on Tua, the other two in this division, uh, I want to go to the, the bottom number first because Zach Wilson's the one I'm kind of kind of targeting here. A guy who is at 3,750 and a half on his passing yards, 22 and a half on the touchdowns, 14 and a half this year for Zach Wilson. If you look at his uh, his overall interceptions uh, prop there, and like with with all the you talk about personnel additions, Adam for Miami. Think about what the Jets have done uh, overall in uh, in New York to bring in new players as well. And this is a guy who threw uh, 2,334 yards, but in only uh, 13 starts last year, nine touchdowns, 11 picks. That's one of the, the few guys where overs in all three to me would make a lot of sense, where there are definitely going to be growing pains, right, with the new personnel. It's not like they're bringing in trusted, proven vets. I mean, it's a lot of young guys with high upside. So assuming health here for Wilson, which is a very important thing, you would also think a little in the same vein as Tua, a little better offensive line with some of their personnel additions there, give him more time to throw, that you could see some more, uh, more numbers, I would say, progress while at the same time still – having some of those growing pains that you still don't necessarily get all entirely out, even as a second year quarterback, that would be my thought on Wilson. Yeah, for sure. And again, you know, you have to think of game state for a lot of these teams and you would expect the jets to be trailing in a lot of their games. Now this is a pretty young offensive line that has a lot of, you know, high draft picks on the two deep where that's a group that's just kind of growing up a little bit more together. And, And you would think that they should get a little bit better here. You know, you're another year removed from the coaching change and the regime change and all of that. Wilson now has another weapon to throw to in Garrett Wilson, who I think is probably going to be the best wide receiver to come out of that draft. So to me, I look at Wilson and Zach Wilson, that is, and I think that there definitely is some upside here. But, you know, does that offensive line gel quickly enough? Is he able to stay healthy? Do they try to rely a little bit more on the run to try and protect him? You know, with a guy like Brees Hall, who we saw at Iowa State, was definitely a bell cow type of running back that, you know, if you want to give him a lot of volume, yeah. he's okay with it. So is that something that the Jets look to do as a pro as opposed to really putting this on Wilson's shoulders? And then Mac Jones, anything anything there for you? Thirty eight hundred one yards last year, twenty two touchdowns, thirteen picks. Numbers are basically right at those, maybe slightly higher on the yards, but pretty comparable on touchdowns and picks there. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Mac Jones. This was a really good offensive line in terms of pass block efficiency last year as well, and and they continue to, you know put him in positions to succeed with a lot of easy throws. I mean, this is still a very smart organization, but you know, Hey, does the, uh, does the offensive coordinator loss mean anything for them? Uh, McDaniel's leaving. We still don't know who is actually going to be calling the place. That is something Bill Belichick has said, but I will say a little bit, uh, look, it's always weird. Nobody's really said anything or mentioned anything about the Patriots. All I've heard is all right, under, 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 they still have a pretty good coach. Last time I checked, at least leading the way at head coach Bill Belichick. Interesting number there for Jones at 3,801 last year. Did start all 17 games there a season ago. We'll do more quarterback props later as well. But up next, Prop Watch in Major League Baseball.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot. Add a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly with Adam Burke. Big beer guy, by the way, Adam Burke. You can follow at Skating Tripods. Why, Tom, check our producer behind the glass. I'm Ben Wilson. Wide admitted to uh, doing illegal activities during the last break. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on Spotted now. Cow, Wisconsin's <laughs> finest beer you should have left to that. the state of Nevada. For, well, uh, first, he, first he rats you out that you uh, were saying some bad words during there. Now he, you know, know, right? he I'm trying to get my legal activities for the VEASAN plus plus. Get I'm going to say you're trying to sell subscriptions I'm trying to sell <laughs> subscriptions. <laughs> what like, I'm a company man. You right? also get the VEASAN college football betting guide. Yes, you do get the VEASAN college football betting guide with the VEASAN plus plus subscription. Hearing about why Tom checks illegal loggers 
cross also, state line tra uh, tra trans uh, Pacific intercontinental whatever whatever system you have for transporting beer illegally. Well, the the Vison Plus Plus isn't real, so I've been paying Matt Brown ten bucks a month for nothing. How much Canadian? Dang it! Ah, you got me there, Adam. Got him. I think that's about nine, about, about nine seventy Canadian. Just a little more than that, actually. Maybe eleven seventy. Well, I don't know. Matt's been gone. We haven't been doing. We have not been keeping up. <laughs> that, that I have bit, no idea where currency that bit has is gone. died until Matt. Comes I don't back. know where the currency's been for the last two weeks because Matt has been gone. I, I must admit. Uh, Tigers are on the board against the the Blue Jays, and I, Willie Castro, third home run of the year. Gotta say, Adam. Uh, I get that it's Detroit. And they are not a very good baseball team, but laying two dollars and a quarter with you say Kikuchi, who in their right mind would would do that just on principle tonight? I mean, that's that's my my question. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it looked like a good offensive matchup for the Blue Jays against left-hander Tyler Alexander, but you know, so far they've got a couple of hits and nothing really to show for it. But to your point too, Kikuchi was also coming off of the injured list, and I do not like to back pitchers in their first start back. And generally, I'll look to fade them, especially if their minor league rehab numbers weren't particularly good. So, yeah, I, uh, I would, would not have laid that uh, Kikuchi I price mean, tonight. near six walks per nine, 512 ERA, expected ERA of 626. Doesn't inspire much confidence. Oh, look, one, one nothing game. But at the same time, too, a lot of times we'll talk, especially on this show, since a lot of these games are live, and the early games, you know, where we go through most of them, is you say situations like this, all right, wait for a team in a spot like this to get down early and then play them in-game. I would not be touching this one with a 10-foot pole. I'm seeing that the Jays are still about a dollar uh, 35 to 40 favorite live right now. I just would not uh, – I see actually at DraftKings minus 160. Just wouldn't want any, any part of that uh, given the, the pitching issues right now. And then the Phillies have just added one more run uh, as well as I look up. Is that the, Did the Schwarber man do it again? Well, he did. Not a, not a home run, though. Uh, Schwarber uh, with a base hit, and then Alec Bohm actually follows that up with an RBI. So Schwarber gets on. It's now 4 nothing. fills on Zach Thompson in the top of the second. Ready for some prop watch, Ed? We haven't done this in a while. Let's do it. Let's do, let's, some, do it. let's do some prop watch. Uh, talking Mariners. Look at that. This is prop watch. Why Tomchek is to participate as well. Uh, we have Logan Gilbert versus Jose Urquidy. There are the props. Gilbert's five and a half on the strikeouts. Urquidy down to a four and a half. I, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. We don't really have the opportunity in the state, in the Nevada jurisdiction, to bet the outs prop. I have a, Adam. That's one of those. I don't know about you. I feel like if I was um, in a different jurisdiction, East Coast, that is one of those those props that I would be betting a lot more over some of the other offers that we have here. The out props are fascinating to me because it's such a it's an interesting handicap. It's, you know, the strikeout props to me are a little tough uh, because you can have a guy who pitches really, really well, induces a lot of weak contact, but in a one-game sample size, it might not be reflected in actual strikeout. So unless I'm getting a guy who I know gets swings and misses and who's facing a really, really weak lineup, I'm not going to play many strikeout props. I'm not going to be doing the same thing here, even though uh, Logan Gilbert is a guy who does get a decent amount of swings and misses. Um, do the out props, do those intrigue you whatsoever? Each of these guys at 17 and a half. Uh, which, if you look at that, that, uh, that correlates to five and, uh, and two-thirds innings here. So you're essentially asking one of them to go six if you want to uh, bet an over in that particular case. Yeah, I think these are a little bit more interesting because you got two guys here that don't issue a lot of walks. And both of these guys tilt towards the fly ball side, which means that, you know, more ground balls go for hits than fly balls typically just because you've got time to run under a fly ball and, you know, sometimes you undercut it and it's got more hang time, stuff like that. But, you know, these two guys both have pretty good control overall don't have a ton of strikeouts, so they're probably not going to rack up too much of a pitch count. So, you know, really then it just comes down to will they be effective? You know, do they? Do you think that these two guys will be able to work deep enough to go six innings? 
to your point, I think something you could really look at with these would be the times through the order penalty. You know, I, I mentioned yeah. it with a guy like Alex Wood, for example. You know, he's gotten pulled. He's gone four and two thirds and four and a third in his last two starts. He's not a guy that works overly deep into games because he has like a 700 something Woba against the third time through the order. That's a guy that Gabe Kapler pulls quickly. So that's a scenario where, you know, for him, I look at his under out prop. You know, just look at those third time through the order penalty things. See if you've got a manager who's a little bit more proactive. I don't think either one of these managers are all that proactive about that, but you can find some scenarios, I think, in which you can isolate a guy that's very likely to leave the game early. Yeah, and look, Gilbert, a guy who second time through the order, 422 ERA, third time through 325 ERA. So when they've gotten him to that, when he's gotten through the second time, he's actually been really solid. Uh, and for what it is worth, uh, I think we just corrected that. They're five and a half as his hits allowed, not 17 and a half. I think that would be auto bet. That'll be auto bet under. A little, yeah. It would take a lot to give up. Uh, to give up eighteen. One, one thing about Jose Arquiti too that I want to mention here. So he's thrown eighteen and two thirds more innings on the road. Fifty nine and two thirds away. Forty one innings at home. His ERA is two point two runs higher on the road than it is at home. Uh, his slugging percentage is almost hundred points higher on the road. This is a guy that's pitched very very well at Minute Maid Park. With that being said, early in the season, Minute Maid Park was just a graveyard for fly balls. It's picked up a little bit now, yeah. so we'll see if Urquidy's able to have the same measure of success that he had uh, earlier on in the year in Houston. The one thing I wanted to ask you about on specifically Logan Gilbert, there, he might be the one pitcher I've bet on the most of anybody this year, largely because when you have a young pitcher like him and pitching for a team that struggled early on in the year, market is not necessarily going to be way out in front of, of his success. And you and I, we talked early, we do the, the run line every Sunday night, 8 to 10 Eastern here on the network. Just how, how good his stuff was, just the raw stuff for Logan Gilbert. Having said all that, I bet on him a lot this year. You look at his numbers, 277 ERA, 412 expected ERA. He is at an over 80% strand rate, the left on base percentage, which is very, very high. You would expect that number to be, what, more around, I mean, 70% is roughly league average or so. And his hard hit percentage against is over 46%, among the worst numbers among all qualified uh, starters. So he's been able to get away with it against, like, the Oaklands of the world and some of the, the, and the Texas Rangers lineups where he gets some really, really weak lineups. But Houston's fourth in the league in WRC plus 112 this season. That's a team that, as we know, makes a lot of hard contact. What do you make of a, just a general matchup like this for Gilbert, who, again, a guy I love with the raw stuff, but the numbers would indicate he's been getting pretty fortunate for a majority of this year. Yeah, he definitely has been getting pretty fortunate. In fact, he hasn't given up more than four runs in a single start so far this season. But this is the second straight start for him against the Houston Astros. And you do have a mm. venue change here. The last start did come at T-Mobile Park. Now he's down at Minute Maid Park in Houston. Still a retractable roof dome. Still a pretty good pitching environment. But it is his second straight start against this team. And you typically look for a little bit of a decrease in performance uh, in that type of environment. I believe it's his fourth time facing Houston here this season. And again, I don't look at pitcher versus team stats or anything like that. I'm just thinking about familiarity. I'm thinking about plan of attack. I'm thinking about, you know, pitchers or hitters, excuse me, seeing the pitch shape, being able to recognize earlier what's coming. Facing a guy in back-to-back -back starts doesn't really give him the same kind of time to make adjustments that maybe he would have made since the June 8th start or something like that. Yep. So I think that that's something that could benefit yeah. the Astros tonight. Three quality starts in his three appearances uh, for Logan Gilbert against Houston this year. But that leads us into some of the hitting props. Uh, again, we are not in positions where we're able to play these in the Nevada jurisdiction, but three guys at one and a half hits, uh, and then and you see the big plus money on the over, and then the guys, many of whom at uh, half a hit, so you're betting to just get one. Uh, big, big juice on the over as well. What, what are the scenarios where you would look to actually play one of these, Adam? 
Well, I think something that's interesting about both of these pitchers tonight is that they're both right-handed, but right-handed batters have had more success against each guy. Mm. Righties actually have a 353 weighted on base average and a 509 slugging percentage against Jose Urquidy here so far this season. And for Logan Gilbert, it's the same thing. Now, it's not as well-defined, but lefties are doing virtually nothing against him. They're batting 197 with a 295 slugging, whereas righties are batting 264 with a 428 slugging. So generally speaking, I would look for platoon advantages in these hit props. You know, a good left-handed batter against right-handed pitching, something like that. But these two guys actually struggle with same side hitters. So I'd be looking for right-handed batters tonight as opposed to the left-handed guys. Okay. If I was going to take a stab on one of these uh, these plus money, big plus money one and a half guys, I mean the uh, I don't know the the Ty, the Ty France. I mean he's been and ends up being an all-star. So I don't know how <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about a guy who's being unheralded when he does actually make an all-star team. But a guy who's been really really solid ever since his call up to the big leagues a couple years ago. Still not sure that uh, he, he gets the respect he deserves, Adam. That's a, that's a guy, if you think of somebody who could have a big night, that's where I would look. Also, the total bases market is probably where I'd look instead on these mm-hmm. because, I mean, like a lot of those are priced at one and a halves. For total bases, I mean, all you're asking is like one hit, you get an extra base hit, there you go. You're, you're cashing it right there. So right. that could also be another angle to look at. Now, we're through one hour on the show. We still have two more to go, though. And on the other side, we'll update all the scores. Welcome in Jordan Sherwood to handicap a very big UFC card as Jordan joins the show next, right after this here on Primetime Action. VEASAN is here to help you learn more about sports betting. Sign up for our free daily newsletter at VEASAN.com forward slash email, and you'll get show highlights and expert insights every morning. That's VEASAN.com forward slash email. New to VEASAN, the best way to... New to VEASAN, the best way to... New to VEASAN, the best way to... New to VEASAN... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.